big wavy J. Big wavy wavy thing. There, wow. you go. Oh, there we go. Is that better? Yep. It is much better. Now yeah, we have bigger wavy. Don't things. be eating popcorn while we're doing this. Okay. Are you are you pouring your popcorn? I will in a second. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Oh, we start? Sounds good. Thank you. All right, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And this is Dr. Susan Little, and who is very happy right now. I know, because uh, we are having a special celebration here. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Well, I know what we're celebrating. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the fact that we finally Finally. Had somebody on our podcast yes. that we've wanted to have for a long time. For years. For years. And so we broke out the bubbly. I know. To celebrate. Yes. Or cheers. to cheers. Or to lure her in. Cheers. One of the cheers. Two, you know, cheers, yes. cheers, cheers. You know, Ooh. some people just say not happening unless there's bubbly associated with it. And I think that's pretty good rules. Oh, oh yeah. it tastes good too. So, so numb. Lecker. Yeah. So Lecker. lucky. Lecker. Lecker. Very good. Mm. So. We have somebody um, with us who is a dear friend of mine oh, for a long time uh, us, 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 and an esteemed us, colleague. Us. We have Dr. Marky Shirk with us. I Yay! think the, the, the whole esteem thing just means I'm old. It does, really. Yeah, thank we're, you so we, much. No, I really appreciate we're, that. We're both old, girl. <laughs> we were just talking about we're that, by old. the way. Yes. Were we? Yeah, so I, I was telling to <laughs> Susan about the fact that uh, someone said on the television, like, oh my God, look at those people. And then the other person said, yeah, you have to realize they're really old, they're 60. Oh, like, oh yeah. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. ouch. Just right. I was very, very close. Oh, so here's the thing. When you're younger, yeah. 60 seems ancient. And then when you're as, 60. And then as you get older and older, you think, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it's not so ancient. Well, this is this this is it. I the other the other day I was uh, just talking about how, you know, the various physical changes that occur as you mm. get older and and how um what I'm somewhat <laughs> resentment <laughs> resentful of them. You know, skin changes uh -huh. and and things and ocular and, changes and, and your eyes aching are dry things. And you can't and see anything. You can't see anything without glasses <laughs> and all these other va vagrant, vague yeah. and Fun things and and I and and it's just like you know I I really resent uh, I really resent this because it's not like I'm old or anything and I was like <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> yeah but as my as my um, my dad would have said it's a privilege to get old right because what's the alternative nice. well except except let's not get me into a dark place and a and a and a conversation happy, about, happy about about let's talk about <laughs> yeah. cats let's talk about cats <laughs> let's do that yeah so, i right, have right. to tell you one story though about my grandmother my grandmother when she was a little bit older, she always showed her hand, and then what I was allowed to do is make little train tracks on it. So, uh, it <laughs> you is, can do it, that on it, me. Here you go, Yoli. Like you can do that. There you, know, you go. On, on the skin, so I'm pulling yes. the skin up a little bit, and now I can do it on myself too. So, <laughs> so really here's nice. here's the thing: is as we as we uh, get you know older, we lose our elastin and collagen, no different than cats as they get older, which is why assessing hydration in older cats. Nice segue, right? Assessing mm -hmm. hydration Ooh, in older cats is very tough at, at least pro. you, you at need that. to you need to work with uh, other other parameters and not things as as severe and dramatic as um skin 
tinted. Uh, well, or or as as ocul as as dry uh, uh, gums mm. or or ocular position, mm. sunken eyes, but rather things like um, fecal consistency. Mm -hmm. You know, feeling hard feces in a cat's colon. Um, you know that they're dehydrated um, unless they're being presented for diarrhea, which case you can't use that. And with kittens, the reverse is true in that you can have a pretty dehydrated kitten, mm. right, Susan? This is your area of yeah, expertise. Yeah, I like hard. the olds, and you like the young. Yeah. Yeah, and but their but their but their skin may be completely bouncy, yep. even though they're dehydrated. Yep. Whereas when the older cat, it's the, just it's like the opposite. But feces, <laughs> just like you and your grandmother, <laughs> you want yeah. So we um we did a poop talk today, actually. Yes, we did. Yola and I. Um, How perfect. Yes. Yola and I. Yes. Yola can I, can, I can, can I say no shit? Uh, sure. Yeah. You can see what everyone. Yeah. Any, so, did any word goes. Yola and any, I did a poop talk today, and yes. Yola used a very technical word today during the talk. Oh, will you stop it? There, <laughs> and there what she was goes it? again. Oh. Okay. She, she always, you know, we kind of make fun of each other during yeah, the talk. Yeah, but I rarely I, get to I, make fun of you. I kind of misspoke, and she. <laughs> You know, and I did not let it go. No, so she, in front of like, and she's not going to let it go. No, yet. no, no. So in front of like five hundred people, seven hundred. Ooh, even yeah. better. In front of seven hundred people, today, he used the T word. Yeah, turd. <laughs> yes, sorry, very so, technical term. I know. I still think it's funny. I'm sorry. And but then, the and other then I made a turd deck to me. I beg your pardon. Turdectomy. Oh, turdectomy. Yeah, as which opposed means removal to removal of, of feces. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Well, um, uh. uh yeah. This is Where this do you is go now? well no. What I'm going to go with that is um, I'm, uh, we also have uh, in the uh, in the house today. They are working on a terdectomy, uh, the uh, um, House of Representatives. Oh, ah, this is pretty good for Canadians to mention. By the way, Margie and I are both Canadians, so yes, exactly. Yeah. And this we is, are eh? we are eh? Yeah, this is the per podcast, and thank you all for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> We're really happy to have, at last, the amazing Dr. Margie Shirk with yeah. us. Yeah, are we going to talk about something sensible now? Yeah, I yes. want to. You know what yes. I want to talk about? Yes. Well, Let's talk about. Um, let me get it right. Llamas. Llamas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So probably What's a llama. A llama. Llamas. Oh. Yeah, yeah. A 1L llama is a priest. A 2L llama is a beast. Uh, I do not know what a 3L llama mm -hmm. is. I can't remember. It's a. It's a. So I'm talking about the two. Two L, yeah. yeah, and very few people know that you started your career. Yeah, with yeah, llamas. Pretty crazy. She did. Tell really? us. Tell us the story. Well, so you started, and you will end your career with llamas. No, really? no, it's not that big, no, big a success. No, it's not. No, I mean, I actually started. I, I never. Okay, so I had never even considered veterinary medicine. Let's put it this way: I um, was always wanting to do ethology, which is. Um, behavior is is ob observation of it so it's the the science of behavior mm -hmm. as opposed to applied. animal as opposed mm -hmm. to applied mm -hmm. behavior and so you know conrad lawrence um uh, of goose fame um jane goodall uh these were my heroes and my still yeah absolutely is, uh, that my, my 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 yeah exactly they were they were my heroes and that's what i wanted to do and i i had taken um a couple of years of uh, zoology uh at university and um i had there's something that you may not know about me here susan um i was in a physiology lab and for whatever reason there were uh we had 
cockroach, disarticulated cockroach legs oh, in this <laughs> in this Where lab. I have no, this? I do yeah. not remember the purpose of this lab. Yeah. But as a second year student, I was mm. fooling around with various equipment, and I attached some I can't remember what it was, some type of calipery thingy or whatever, to the spine of a cockroach leg, and it was like an asymmetric device. And so I noticed that on the asymmetric device that it was firing every time I spoke and so I assumed there was a short and so like I I just uh, I replaced it and then I got everybody to be really quiet and I you know did a number of things where um, I was clapping or whistling and stomping and it would absolutely only pick up certain sounds so then I went and I spoke with the teaching assistant the TA and uh, and asked if they had any bird sounds or other wildlife sounds and so they got some uh, cassettes because we're that old, got some cassettes, and we're playing various things. And this this spine, the acetylmet, whatever, would only fire when it was a creature that could be a threat. Oh, really? And so I discovered that the spines on cockroach legs are hearing organs. How this worked on a disarticulated leg, I have no idea. But the purpose of, of this this story is that then I, I, I like the the prof was really excited and I can get excited about anything in science. I mean, science and biology mm-hmm. is just so amazing. I mean, life is so amazing. It's just endless things to learn and, and self-correct and re-examine and it's fascinating. But I sort of figured that, yeah, did I really want to be the world's expert on the, <laughs> on the molecule legs. on the tip of the spine of a cockroach leg? That's <laughs> not quite how I pictured my life. And so, but I'd also, the the opposite side of that is I'd shoveled shit for many years in horse barns and and, and the like, as many uh, girls do. And so I decided, well, what's sort of in the middle? Maybe veterinary, maybe I should think about veterinary medicine. I uh, like the bridge. Yeah, like you like that? Bridge. It's yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so approaches horses in the middle, veterinary Yeah, medicine. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like somewhere, somewhere between. Shit and cockroaches. Well, we're back to you turrets, know, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it's, so it's really, you know, it's about finding a balance between applied and and um, because I wanted to work with animals and it was always going to be um, uh, well I mean being a female at that age horses were I thought I went in to mm. do horses and I came out to do uh, wanting to do actually do dairy because I had had more than enough of um, the 16 year old girl with the horse who was you know oh don't hurt him meanwhile the horse is trying to kick your head and um, so I, I and and plus it was all it's only lameness and guts in horses where they die yeah it's just you know it's it's lameness and guts and it's yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so so i so i i um uh my aunt was a llama breeder in colorado and uh i'm in you know guelph and 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 toronto and uh so i would go down and spend summers with her and so my very first lectures were actually at the international llama association conference oh, wow in um yeah so i i got really and what quite did you lecture about i lectured uh, <clears throat> well this is this is really kind of sad i am i don't remember exactly what that first lecture was other than the fact that my dad because 
I had received a message the night before that my dad had died mm. and that he had died from a, uh, well, presumably a massive coronary is what they said. I don't know that anybody ever did an necropsy on him, but what do I know? Um, and so I, I was lecturing about, um, rep- I was reproductive disorders because I was talking about um, prolapsed uterus in a, in a, in a llama. Mm-hmm. And as I was telling people that uh, these weren't veterinarians, these were llama people that um uh that you know when you clean off and replace the the uterus that you have to be very careful because and do it slowly because there's a chance of a blood clot um you know forming and that you know going to the brain and causing acute death and i burst into tears and so it was it so i remember i i remember i remember that but i did do stuff with llamas for a little while a little while and um then I uh, was doing mixed animal practice after, that was before I, I graduated actually. Then I, I graduated, went to do mixed animal practice as in large and small because I really, really loved dairy herd health. Uh, and that was in um, British Columbia. Uh, and and we're the, getting at cats at a certain point in your life. Yeah, exactly. And then and then because I, I, I couldn't, I was you know vegetarian at the time and I was always, always, always concerned about pain and anal- like analgesia preventing and and uh, diagnosing and treating pain when I was um, I could not justify being involved with at that time people dehorning and castrating mm. cattle and small ruminants with, without, without any analgesia yet yet the the hypocrisy of anesthetizing and using analgesia in horses simply because the horse would kick your head in whereas the other guys are in a squeeze and aren't going to get hurt so i'd always been in, interested so so then i i moved to to uh, vancouver and started doing small animals i'd never ever been interested in small animals because to me it was I couldn't stand and still don't appreciate um uh well I appreciate but I don't like the other species well the The fact that people the fact that people you know would put put paint their paint dogs nails and and put bow ties in their hair and you know and now it's even worse with clothing for their dogs and everything it just for me it, it's just but they don't, do that with cats too by the nah, way not so, much. not so much but the the thing have the you thing been for on me instagram is, lately <laughs> oh my you know. why are you spending time on instagram Cause, cause uh, looking Yola's at cats a, dressed up like not just constipation and, king but he is apparently instagram yeah. king. Yeah, yeah, instagram I, got, king. I, got, I got a new, you got a new title, title today. today did you what was your title constipation king fantastic I yeah. know. So. Wear, wear it with pride. It could I, I be am. because I showed a photo of him in a poop emoji costume. Yes. Very good. So that could, that could have been it. I think. I think you could also. Uh, you could, could also give out turd awards. You know, I think the interest. And if, and if you're in Ireland, then it could be you know the first, the, 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 and turd 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 award turd turd award. So the interesting thing is, so <laughs> this is living proof. We went, you never we, know where we, we'll go with this. We podcast. went from constipation queen, as a matter of fact, that was how it started. <laughs> Wait, she was moved that? it very very secretly to constipation king, and now suddenly people are posting about constipation king yeah. on the internet. Yeah, there going you go. Going back to Instagram with little crowns um, on Yola's head. So yeah. I I think you're right about the D words uh, about five, six years ago. Now, if you're on Instagram, I think it is it is ridiculous what they do with cats. I mean... Maybe more they, in some countries as, than others. Yeah, and then I also think that cats are put in positions where 
probably cats should not be. Yeah, they shouldn't be. Absolutely. So dogs, they smile and wag their face and, and well, happy anywhere they where where they are. Yeah. Cats often mm. look very uncomfortable. We mm. talked about this. Yeah, very yeah. uncomfortable yeah. situations that they are. So yeah, yeah. Just on the side well, I just think I mean it. It goes back to my 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 love of love and respect for nature and why on earth are we uh i just want to respect the creature for who and you know for their own amazingness and not be adding my human stuff to it um so i just want to you know do do that love the cats Mm -hmm. you know the way they are which is another reason why i am so anti-declawing So I I have to say that through my years of knowing you, you have been one of the biggest influences on helping me understand my own moral compass in veterinary medicine. Mm. Because you've often... I like that. Yeah, you've often given me... So do I. Mm -hmm. There you go. You've often given me a viewpoint of cats as their own beings, you know, Mm. their own self Mm -hmm. um, with their own rights if you will or their own well their own worth their own worth mm-hmm. that's a better way to put it yeah i prefer that word yeah, yeah. it's not it's not been abused yet yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so like you've that. often thank you reoriented me to that you know because it's it's easy to lose your way too right and in, in veterinary medicine and stray a bit and you've often reoriented me back to what serves the cat's best interest yeah and and, and and that making sure that they can express their catness their catness. and so i'm really really pleased with the fact that we've got you know meeting environmental needs and that it's not enrichment it's simply mm, a cat has mm-hmm. to have these things in order to be able to it's part of the five you know five freedoms is is while we may be providing them with food and 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 medicine stuff it's a difference between processing a an an individual, be it a you know human in the medical system or a, or a cat in the in our veterinary medical system, and actually caring for them, which means standing in there, imagining what it would be like to be in their skin, and you know, and empathically looking out and going, well, yeah, okay, maybe that's like a really really clean surface, but it's slippery and it's cold, and I'm scared and it's noisy and it's you know. So from the cat's point of view, mm-hmm. so you were in um, mixed practice. Yes. In- how did you Vancouver. make the switch? Mm. I was talking cat actually. I was it was very cool because I was in. I had the opportunity to practice at the SBCA for. Um, uh, I did. I was doing a locum there for uh, about six months or four months or something like that, and um, it taught me so much because the SBCA in Vancouver, even way back when in the land before time when I was there, they had. Um, they already had a completely separate cat area and dog area but what was neat was i was in the i was in the back mostly and therefore i was doing surgery oh my god can you oh, believe people it people are in the back do surgery uh, yeah <laughs> i did yeah. <clears throat> yeah well that's isn't that where they kept you in the they back doing in the surgery cellar. yeah in the cellar <laughs> oh in the the good, that's the fun stuff in, in the, the cellar yeah. yeah in the that's dungeon where it happens. okay and so what i you know what i learned there was because of the volume the numbers of 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 cats and dogs i i had the uh, privilege of doing surgery on i was able to um see that if it's bleeding make a bigger incision you know, like wounds, wounds heal from um, side, uh, to side, side to side, not end mm-hmm. to end. Uh, it doesn't, you know, you you stay calm, exhale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, just, yeah, it really taught me to, conf- and the, the forgivingness, the forgiving nature of the body that it heals, that it, you know, it's, which also shaped me because now I'm out there preaching the fact that, um, 
if you support the body's requirements, hydration, nutrition, analgesia, and meeting behavioral and environmental needs, chances are that that may be all that you need to do. You're just supporting its abil- the, the body's ability to heal and that less is more and et cetera. Yeah. It's, it's good that you said it because with wound healing, I always say, you know, try not to do things that will delay wound healing. Just let the body heal Just and create the environment that the body likes to heal. Yeah, which and is that, moist, nourished. That's it. Um, and, and pain relief. And don't get in the way. Yeah, exactly. yeah don't do so. don't don't do a whole bunch of mucky ducky stuff to it. Mm-hmm. So so from mucky humane ducky. society to uh, actually BCSPCA. So SPCA, SPCA not humane society yeah. to cat practice. Yeah. So when I was in the in in there, I you know when I was doing surgery, um, because you know day in and day out, I was doing I was doing surgery, and I'd hear these dogs barking and barking, barking. You know, just what dogs do, right? When they're in a kennel, uh, busy barking away wasn't necessarily a bad thing but i just sort of thought oh this is driving me crazy if wait if it's driving me crazy how's this for the cats even though they're in a separate ward if i can hear it down the hall they can hear it too and that that therefore wasn't a an environment of wellness for them which you know uh, uh, so oftentimes a hospital or clinic isn't a place to get better and so so i thought I mean, I just thought, what what about having a clinic just for cats? And this was back in, you know, 84. And there, I think Barb Steins was the only cat practice at that time. And I'd never heard of her or heard of mm. a cat practice. And certainly the banks had never heard of a cat practice. And they were rather skeptical, on top of which it's the only time I ever ran into chauvinism was talking mm. to the banks back in, you know, 80, 1985 was, was um, uh, where because they, they, I had gotten married in 83, 84, something like that. Uh, and I'm terrible at personal dates. And uh, they had, uh, must when be 84. When is my birthday? Hmm? When is my birthday? Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> once a year. Yes, it is. You have a birthday once a year. Yeah, it is. You see? It High is. five. Yes, I got that. You did. I got that. Awesome. Yeah. So anyways, and I and I and they, they, they just said, Well, you're going to for as a cat practice. Who does that? What do you and and uh and, and also well aren't you just gonna go have babies and you know and, and so what are you gonna do and then I also, you know, colleagues didn't get it. I remember one very, very kind colleague for whom I had done a locum, a really great guy. He had said uh, uh, he said to me, well, that's, you know, he was from South Africa, so he had a lovely South African accent. And he, and he said, you know, well, that's just, that's, that's lovely that you're going to do that. But, um, uh, you know, I said, 40% of my patients are, are, are cats. What are you going to do for the other 60%? <laughs> and it's just like, mm, it's uh, a paradigm shift. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift. It's 100%. Yeah. It's like the zero dogs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's got to be 100% cat. Exactly. So that was 84? That Well, 86 is when I opened my practice. Yeah, uh, I was you know I did locums until I did house calls actually in '85 and when I was doing house calls I thought that w- that would be better for cats and I came to the conclusion at least in from my experience and in my hands and my way of doing things that uh, for me house calls didn't work well because now the cat instead of having you know la di da this is my home this is awesome blah 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 um, you know what's happening over there or is somebody at the door or whatever it's like a holy oh my god the vets at the, the door oh my god you know it's not it's not just the pizza delivery guy yeah. so it's it was a, a I, I I felt that I was invading their environment plus. It, at that point, if I needed to do anything, I had to take them into a clinic anyways. Mm. So I, I just felt that better to have 
you know, a, a clinic and my clinic environment was just essentially like a living room. There's no lab coats, there's no scrubs, there's no stainless steel, there's no tables, anything like that. It was just a living room. Mm. And so uh, it was trying to make the cat comfortable. They weren't because they'd just been in the car and stuff, but making the client comfortable, which would then help the cat as well. So, mm -hmm. so at that, so nowadays you can get a lot of support Oh, right. The, mm. We have the cat friendly practice program from um, AAFP. We've got uh, the fear free program. We've got lots of support to help people who, who want to do that. But in 86, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Had to make it up as you went. Mm. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, there was also there wasn't any ABVP certification. I, you know, I was involved with the first the very first year becoming ABVP certified. Um, I was actually, you know, was, we had the there was the American Academy of what was it called? The Academy, uh, the Academy of Feline, Feline Medicine. Medicine? Yeah, AFM. Yeah. 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 As, and and uh, I was involved with that as well. And that was founded in order to help by Phil Padrid and I think Tom Elston in order to, it was required for the American College of Veterinary Specialties mm -hmm. or whatever. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, and, and um, I just figured that if all you did was one species, you'd get better at that species, which was true. But it was interesting because when I first opened the practice, I assumed that what I'd be seeing would be blocked cats. I'd be doing spays and neuters and vaccines and seeing cats with upper respiratory, which is, of course, what you see in a dog cat practice. But in yeah. a cat practice, oh. that's not what you see. You or get not, to see. It's not the only thing you see. No, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it, you, get, you get to see all of the. Uh, amazing! Oh, wait, you get to see old cats, which mm. means you get to see. So before we go, yeah. before we go there, because we're already at twenty-five minutes, I think in the <gasps> next podcast oh. we're going to talk about what do we get to see in a real cat. Practice. We can, and we, we and can. I also want to talk about something that I know is your passion, and that's the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery. Oh so we'll yes, please, because yes. it is my favorite journal. Yes, and he did says you know that, that all the time. I did not know that. He oh, is you such know, a supporter. I am such a supporter. He's serious. Oh, she is making. Oh, this is hurting. Margie is, is making. Um, yes. uh, oh, look, look, Siri just answered us yes. um, live. I don't Siri, know what Siri what thinks they're answering. What sound does Margie make yes. now? Yes, but we'll talk She's about gagging. that the next episode. Yes, I think so. Well, yes. let's let's have that as a cliffhanger. Indeed. Okay, so are we done our, our drinks? So this 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 Cheers. is the third podcast. Cheers. Cheers. If you like it. And please subscribe. Yep. And ask your friends to subscribe mm -hmm. and check out perpodcast.net. Yes. That's our website where you can see um, all of our past episodes. So you can yes. go back and listen to something else of interest. And if you're interested in what happened with Margie after 1986, <laughs> listen to the next, next one. episode. Thank okay. you, Margie. Bye-bye. Thank you. Meow. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yerla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan.
fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-B-E-T-S-X. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at per podcast.